Thank you for tuning in to Voice of Islam Jamaica. The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome once again to Voice of Islam. Here at Voice of Islam we seek to educate the public about issues and concerns and also questions that they may have about the religion of Islam. I am your host Imam Ibrahim Fosin. Voice of Islam is sponsored and brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. And for the knowledge of the new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam. This community believes in the advent of the promised Messiah and the Imam Al-Mahdi, His Holiness Meza Ghulam Ahmed of Qadian. Spread across over 200 countries, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is a peace-loving community which rejects any form of violence against God's creation. Our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none. Today on Voice of Islam, I'm happy to um, introduce a very important guest who has joined us all the way from Canada. He is um, respected Farhan Nasir. Today we shall, we shall have uh, two sessions of this uh, program. The first session is going to assess the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. We want to ask him about some of the experiences um, they went through when they attempted establishing the community here in Jamaica. And then 10 years after uh, his visit, second visit to Jamaica, what are some of the changes that um, you know, he, he can attest to? And then in the second uh, part of the program, since we are still in the Christmas um, Eve, we shall uh, play an episode that we did two weeks ago, whether Muslims do believe in Christmas, whether they celebrate Christmas or not. Interestingly, this program is available on voiceofislamjamaica.com. So for the knowledge of our listeners, if you miss today's program or some other program, you can visit Voice of Islam Jamaica and listen to the entire episode. As I said, I'm joined by respected Farhan Nasir, a live devotee um, from Canada who, as I stated earlier, was one of the founding fathers of the community. He visited Jamaica in the year 20, somewhere 2010, as part of the team that you know um, established the community. Respected um, Farhan Sab, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So um, you've been to Jamaica before. If I should ask you, how how was it like being in Jamaica, you know, in the first place? Uh, so thank you, brother, for the question, um, and uh, I'd like to uh, pre- thank you for allowing me to be on your program today. Uh, the The question about the mission in general has to be uh, clearly understood. When you're on a mission, you're trying to do something, sure. right? Sure. You start off, and then you're in the middle, and then you're hoping to achieve it. The time that I spent in Jamaica in 2010... I was here for about four months, and in that time, uh, we were in the beginning stages of uh, establishing the community in this country. 
Um, we were in the in the phase where people did not know us. We had to uh, make ourselves aware to people and build connections with people and introduce ourselves to everybody. At that time, our mission house where we were uh, working out of was in uh, Portmore. Okay. Um, so, uh, in my personal capacity, which wasn't much, I was more of an assistant helping the the main brother that was here, Brother Sadiq, okay. and assisting him in all the tasks that he needed done and um, being pointed in the whatever direction uh, he wanted me to go in. Uh, so in that sense, uh, it was just uh, more serving the community. And uh, but in that side, because uh, the the lesser the people, the more work that needs to be sure, done. Sure, right. Sure. So the m- when the when the people increase, then the workload gets spread out more evenly, and it makes it easier. So in the first be- beginning the times, it was very difficult to do a lot of things, but that's part of the mission. It's not uh, anything different. That's actually part of the mission as well, right? Uh, what are some of the um, activities as you you came what are some of the activities the jamaat undertook and how was it yeah so this is the challenging part because when you are trying to build a community and you also have a community at the same time sure, sure. you have to balance your time okay. what that means is you have to make time for the people who are there to learn from you yeah uh, who are looking towards you for uh, guidance who are looking towards you for uh, providing them the answers that the religion teaches and at the same time, you have to make sure that the mission is actually progressing as well. So right now, Alhamdulillah, by the grace of God, you have a wonderful mosque here in Jamaica. When we were, when I was here previously, we were working on laying that foundation work, okay. right? Purchasing the land and getting the permits and talking to the city councils and making sure all the arrangements are, are there, um, while also communicating with our headquarters about what the planning should be and what type of structure there should be. Sure. Um, so. You have to, uh, what we had to do was basically balance our time between these official duties sure. and being with our brothers and sisters and yeah. um, communicating with them and living w- among them as well, right? Uh, so this is the challenging part, okay. but it's part of the mission as well, right? So uh, I think you stated somewhere that um, the community was in Portmore then. Yes. Now we are located in Old Harbor. Yes. Um, how was it like presenting Islam to the communities around you, particularly? I also understand you had a chance to be in Trelawney yes. in propagating the message because you had two duties, helping to establish the community, the foundation, and also getting the message across. How, I mean, was particularly propagating the message like in Portmore and also in Trelawney, if you remember anything like that? Yeah, so absolutely. Um, with like for any mission, you have to start with your own people. Sure. So primarily, our, my main focus was to make sure that the brothers and sisters and children that were coming to the mosque yeah. regularly. At that time, we had a very, we were renting a small house as a mission house. Yeah. But there was, our community members were coming there frequently. So my main uh, concern was to make sure that they're learning something okay. so that they can share it with sure. other people. Sure. Right? Because they are at the front line. Sure. We're going to be here temporarily, sure. like you said. Sure. Four months and then 10-year gap, and now we're sure. back in here for two <laughs> weeks, right? So it's not the the... Our community doesn't rely on the, uh, the entirely, entirely on certain people. It's meant to stand on its own. Sure. Right? So uh, whatever service we do, it's very little, but it's effective enough that it carries forward. So at that time, what would happen is during the day, we would be out doing the official duties. But then at, uh, at the end of the day, during our evening prayers, our, uh, we would have members of the Jamaat coming in, members of the community coming in. We would sit with them, talk with them, teach them things, teach them how to... Uh, 
say certain prayers, how to sure. read Arabic. Um, and then obviously on Jummas, our, our Friday daily prayer, our, our Friday prayer, which is our weekly prayer, sure. um, we would have longer sessions with them and uh, more discussions. And we'd also give the, the kids time to play around with each other, um, go into the field and you know play with uh, some sports and have other activities while we also teach them at the same okay. time, right? So we had to have this balancing act of uh, how to make sure that the, all the needs are being served properly. Um, we also, uh, the same thing happened in Trelawney as well, in Clarkstown. Um, over there, obviously, there wasn't much of uh, administrative work to do. It was more teaching. So the brothers and sisters that were there, especially the older ones, I would spend time with them, sit with them, give them the time that they needed to understand things, to just talk openly and uh, see the differences or learn about Islam. Sure. Because um, it is a new religion to Jamaica in that sense, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, to every assignment um there are some challenges and some success stories i mean literally were there some challenges the community and particularly those of you who were the frontliners you went through if you could remember something like so uh, part of it is that you're new to a country you don't know anybody right and when you don't know anybody you don't know where to start sometimes sure. right so that's the first challenge where do you start and as muslims we believe that we start with prayers Right. So we rely on God completely for every task. And we put whatever the matter is before him and sure. we wait for him to open the doors for mm -hmm. us. Now, sometimes that door opens quickly. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. But by the grace of God, we've seen and 10 years now we, where, we, where the community is today, we see that all of those doors that were in our face closed, they opened up. Right. And um, as a religious community, your primary responsibility is to rely on God. But at the same time, do your part. You do your job, sure. whatever is expected of you. And then the blessing comes into uh, that work. So now, um, now I ask about some successes. I mean, success, that, success stories that, um, if you remember those times, because even for those of us who came to meet the edifice, you know, everything almost set up. Sometimes we go through several, you know, challenges trying to locate this here. You know, sometimes you go to some offices and people try to put their own religious beliefs ahead of the services they have to offer, which is, I mean, free and should not be based on any religious um, doctrine or affiliation. However, people do and they kind of, you know, delay certain things that have to be done. Um, I believe there might be several, I mean, uh, challenges, but then what are some of the sources that... Um, so there were there were times like that, and it's because um, when there, anytime something new comes to a community, people are more careful, right? Sure. And we have to be understanding about that. And we are we we are an open book. We have nothing to hide. We only have our message to share, sure. and whoever wants to listen to it, they can uh, listen to it. Whoever wants to understand it further can um, talk to us about it. Um, there was some times when um, Brother Sadiq and I myself were uh, out and about doing daily tasks. And um, there would be some suspicion about me. So sure. I would have to be... Uh, one time I remember we went to the bank and they asked if I could stand outside instead of coming inside the bank. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> one time we went to a government office. I, I think it was the electric or water. I don't remember exactly. But Electricity or water or yeah, yeah, and then the same thing. Uh, they asked you to stay away. They asked Brother Sadiq to make, ask me to... Because of the, the, the beard or, I mean, how, 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 how was that? I mean, I mean it's just... Uh, it's a concern sometimes sure. for some people, right? Sure. Not everybody. Sure. Most of the people that I've met in Jamaica have been so wonderful and welcoming and loving. I mean, um, even back home in Canada, I have a, 
there's a large Jamaican community there, and it's it's because it's a new thing, sure. and then that's a natural thing. It's it's not something that we hold against anybody or have any problem with. Uh, it's an opportunity to learn to know each other, and then we grow from there, right? In my earlier intro, I stated that you are a life devotee. What is that concept like in Islam? When we say a person is a life devotee, like yourself, myself, and I mean our other imams, what is that concept about in Islam, particularly with the Ahmadiyya Muslim community? Yeah, so like in all um, areas of life, when you find something that's worth devoting your time towards, worth putting your energy into, it doesn't matter what else is happening, you will dedicate your time for it, right? Whether it's a, f a small family matter, you'll put everything on hold and uh, make sure that that matter is resolved. If it's a, uh, something related to job, sometimes you have to put your family on hold sure. and you make sure that your job is done. And um, But when you come to the religious point of view, when there's um, such a grand task of teaching people about God, sure. right? Um, if you're able to weigh out all your options in life and figure out that this mission is more important than everything else that's happening, um, that's when you would decide to do your life devotion. In the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat, sure. we have a, it's a very systematic approach to it. Anybody who wishes to um, help the cause on a permanent basis, like on a daily basis, um, they can sign up and then have be assessed and um, be placed somewhere to do their services based on their skills of course so right? basically it is a, a voluntary kind it's of, voluntary kind of, thing, kind of yes. service that an individual chooses to render to the community throughout his life basically. exactly it is not something that somebody's school has or recruitment that people are recruited to undertake certain you know dangerous um, absolutely mission. it's a hundred percent your own will when you realize that this is something that needs to be done and there's nothing else that's important Right. Okay. There's obviously lots of important things to do in the world. We have lots of problems, social issues to solve. But if you can realize that this religious issue solves all of those issues, then you do your life devotion. Right. And then uh, there's two ways of doing that. You can either go to a school and learn the religion, or you can just present yourself and the skills that you have, and then wherever you're placed, um, you serve in that capacity. Sometimes when people see us as missionaries, they are astonished to see gentlemen who could have you know been either in the medical field or other other places say we have dedicated our life for the cause of islam or for the cause of the faith is this concept somehow supported in the holy quran um historically speaking um every religion has had a jurisdiction so to speak okay. where the prophet of that religion taught certain people at a certain time uh, in as far as the teaching goes there's no justification to, for many religions to do missionary work and rightly so okay. if it's not defined in their books as something they need to do then they don't yeah. need to do it but Islam clearly says that we must deliver this message to all people because it it defines its boundaries the holy Quran the, the holy book of Islam which was given to us by the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa peace and blessings of Allah be upon him it clearly states that this message is for all people. Okay. It doesn't discriminate uh, based whether, on whether for only Arabs or for you know. Exactly. There's no. Uh, it doesn't matter what ethnicity they are. It doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what their previous religion is. Sure. It provides something for everybody to consider, and it also explains why these points of views 
should be considered. It's not a blind faith type of thing sure. where you accept something and then there's no questions. Not only does it provide you with uh, what should be believed, but it provides you with the reasons why those that should be believed as well. So it provides its own arguments and its own proofs for you to consider. Because it does really, Islam as a religion does really want a person to not only use their their mind, but also their heart, right? Sure. So when you accept uh, this religion, you can do it on an intellectual basis where you're considering the arguments. But what at the end of the day, it comes down to your heart. And whether you want to love God and have his love as well, sure. right? And it provides an answer to that. In this sense, naturally not everybody can be doing this work. And then sure. nobody would be cooking, right? <laughs> no one would be cleaning, no sure. one would be doing all the other things and, yeah. of life, right? Because as humans, we have m many things to do. to do. So Islam pr proposes a method where some people within a community, they would go and learn the religion, come back to their, um, their home base, and then teach that message to them in more detail. And this is what we find in the Holy Quran, um, where Allah says that it is not possible for the believers to go forth altogether. Okay. Why then does not a party from among each section of them go forth that they may become well versed in the religion sure and that they may warn their people when they return to them so okay. that they may guard against evil meaning that sometimes you have to step outside sure. see what's really happening come back and then out of genuine human sympathy sure. out of love for your fellow brother and sister you explain to them okay we're doing this as a society but we shouldn't be doing this it's detrimental sure. to us or we're Here's something good we're doing. We should share this with other people. Interesting, right? If you have just joined us, you are listening to Voice of Islam Jamaica. And today I have in the studio affectionately called Brother Farhan Nasir, who is an Imam of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, joining us from Canada. And he was one of the founding fathers of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. He, the last time he was in Jamaica was about 10 years ago. He spent about four months here and then he's come back after 10, ten years coming to spend some weeks with us we are asking him some questions about some of the challenges some of the um, you know situations they went through to lay the foundation of this humble community here in Jamaica and also if there are some changes that um, he sees after coming back 10, ten um, years way after it's been 10 years since you visited Jamaica the last time you visited Jamaica what difference do you see in Jamaica after visiting back in 10 years? Jamaica as a country and also the community that you helped to, you know, sow the seed here, you know. So by the grace of God, um, we can see the establishment that we have here in the community today. Sure. When I stood on this road 10 years ago, it was an empty field, right? And today when I stand on the, f on the same spot, you see a, a mosque. mosque. Right, you see our mission house. You see a, a play area for our children to play soccer, to play basketball. Uh, you see a wonderful garden. You see a, um, a farm. Sure. Uh, this is always the grace of God that He puts uh, blessings in our efforts, and it's heartwarming to see that. Right, all those things that you uh, go through to get permits and to uh, all the mundane sure, tasks that you sure, have to sure, go through sure. the checks and balances and the consultations and all those things this is what it all results in at the end of sure. the day and it, it really uh, brings you a lot of joy that now Jamaica has a center where they can learn about the teachings of Islam 
where they can consider these teachings and then find out and judge them by themselves. Why is this teaching better than what's already out there? Right? Sure. What's so unique about it? Sure. Why do we need a new teaching? Right? And then when you go into these discussions or this thought process, you realize uh, how valuable it is. Right? Because one of the worst things that we can have in life is uh, lies and false hope. Sure. Right? So, or just uh, ignorance in general. Sometimes to change someone's life, they just need a little bit of knowledge. Sure. It doesn't have to be a 100% a religious approach. Sometimes sure. to change someone's life, you just have to change their thinking a bit. Yes. Make yeah. them see things a bit differently. True. Right? And uh, this is obviously the next step. Once there's a place where people can see us, become come, uh, f- uh, familiar with us and see how we operate and our, uh, our morals, then they can learn these things from us as well. And if they are willing to adopt it, that's uh, the grace of God as well. I know you are not here, but you might be following the community. Of course, yeah, from of course. from 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 a distance. Of course, what are some of the the blessings that you see showered on this community, even staying afar, which also makes you feel, you know, joyful for the 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 seed that you contributed. So, but when I was here in 2010, the brothers and sisters that I met here, uh, we became family. Um, I lived among them for four months. I stayed with them. I ate with them. I uh, taught their children. We, sure. you know, uh, helped them with their children, taking care of them sometimes, babysitting even if sure. needed, right? So we were one family. Uh, in the time that I've been away, uh, many things have happened. People have moved out. People have moved in. Some people have passed away. And that's just part of life. This is how um, our lives work, right? Some members I've been able to speak to over the phone. Some members I actually met them in the U.S. later on, okay. right? Because okay. they moved on with their lives, and they, um, you can see like some people we we they were serving the jamaat or the the community very early on, doing things that we couldn't do, right? Sure. Um, for example, I can't cook, right? Yeah. But there were volunteers that were willing to uh, help us in that regard and prepare meals, you know, uh, in that sense. So uh, we all came together to make things happen, sure. right? And later on, when you see those people that made those initial sacrifices that weren't missionaries, that weren't life, de- life devotees, but you see them now and how God has blessed that sacrifice for them. So how some of them who are here are living better and some of them who are now abroad and have a better future for their children. I know there was one uh, sister that was living here in, in uh, Portmore Okay. And right now, by the grace of God, her daughter has a full scholarship to a medical university okay. in the U.S. Right. Oh. So these are the small little sacrifices that maybe seem like they're nothing, but if they're sure. done with a pure heart, with good intentions, God really values those, and He blesses that immensely, and He opens doors that maybe you didn't know were uh, even a- able to be opened. Right. Thank you very much, um, Brother Nasir, and also a quick reminder to our listeners that if you've just joined us. You are listening to Voice of Islam Jamaica, and I am joined in studio by Brother Nasir Farhan, who was one of the founding fathers of this community, or who helped contributed to, um, you know, sowing the seed of this community here in Jamaica. And in the course of the program, if you want to be part of it, you can send a message to our WhatsApp line 2839533 again 2839533 and the country code is 876 back to our guest 
you are here this time for two weeks um what are some of the activities you are likely to um partake in within so, your yes, two, in two weeks stay in this short time unfortunately it's sure. very short time very short um i will be trying to uh, obviously just as before serve in any capacity that isn't required right um first and foremost most important thing we can do is serve humanity so as a life devotee that's what you've signed up for to help humanity and now that the the community is more established there's more um organized approach on to how exactly to accomplish this so um working with the imams over here at the mosque i'll be helping with uh, teaching our brothers and sisters sharing our message with others um and various other activities hopefully you are from Canada basically and our community in Canada is a very big one you know membership tens of thousands and also this community in Canada the Hamedan Muslim community in Canada is undertaking a lot of humanitarian activities um recently i saw in the in the media a shelter bus where a complete bus has been uh, kind of converted into rooms on on wheels where the homeless are given a place to sleep in the in the cold you know weather winter and other 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 things what are some of the activities the community is is you know engaging besides some of this yeah so the one of our major uh, mandates as our muslim community is to serve humanity okay what that means is we have to look out and see what humanity needs and then address those issues and try to come up with a solution sure. where i'm uh, visiting from uh, in toronto canada we have a, a large homeless population okay and canada is not like jamaica we have a very hard winter over there okay right um unfortunately during the winter months many people actually die on the streets seriously because they're just sleeping they have no shelter um they have they don't have adequate clothes to protect themselves from the cold of the night so uh, this initiative was started so that these uh, unfortunate uh citizens of ours um would have a better option than to sleep on the streets so it's a completely voluntary um endeavor our our bus uh goes out at nighttime and it offer the volunteers from the uh, Ahmadiyya community they're also just regular people sure. there's no life sure. devotee here sure. these are people who've taken time out of their day or sure. or they're sacrificing their entire night sure. because it's an overnight service to offer offer services to the to the homeless exactly. the public so they start off with driving around handing out food to people giving out clothes to people giving uh um uh, uh sanitary items to sure. people that sure. would need it depending on what they're willing to take sure. right sure. not everybody wants everything so um we start with that and then whoever does need a place to stay the night they're welcomed on board um they can they can sleep if they want to sleep if they want to just have a coffee and they be on their way it, i mean there's no force in it of course they're welcome they're there are brothers and sisters in humanity and this is an endeavor we've started to uh take care of them to look out for each other so we shall be letting you go but then i'm interested to know i'm told reliably that you are serving in our uh, missionary institution in canada called jamia ahmedia that is for the, those of us who are aware of it it is an institution where i mean missionaries are you know trained I mean a seven year course to be to be to be precise. Many of our listeners may not have idea about what that actually is coming from there. Can you I mean give us some idea about the setup how 
that institution functions in the community? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Jamia Ahmadiyya Canada is the name of the institution okay. um, in its original language. Sure. It tra- the official name in English would be the Ahmadiyya Institute of Islamic Studies. Okay. Right? And uh, I'm sure that uh, the, the listeners are aware of what seminaries are. Okay, yeah. Um, or it's a religious seminary where um, individuals go to learn their religion so they can teach it to others sure. and share their message. It is a seven-year course, and it's um, right now. There's many of them throughout the world. There's, okay. um, I think, one in UK, one in, in UK, Germany, Germany in Ghana, in Ghana, I mean, uh, India, Pakistan, sure. a lot of other countries. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, and each one caters to the needs of the people, right? Uh, so this institute is also one of those. It was started in uh, 1906, actually. Um, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, his name was Mirza Ghulam Ahmad. Sure. And for the readers who may not know, we believe him to be the promised Messiah who was awaited by all religions of the world today. Uh, he established this uh, institute when he saw that certain people in his community had passed away. And these people were so valuable as members to his uh, mission that he w- he ne- there needed to be a way to replace them okay. so that to fill that gap that was left now what qualities did these people have this is the question the in two individuals particularly that w- that passed away when this uh, initiative was uh, started they were not only religious scholars meaning that they understood all aspects of the islamic faith and uh, its teachings but they were also very righteous and god-fearing people now when these two individuals had passed away, there was a need to, make the, 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 the need arose. That, okay, how can we ensure that there's always individuals like this within the community? Who are willing to, you know, kind of propagate the message. To propagate the message and also live exemplary lives, sure. right? So this is where the concept of the Institute of Islamic Studies comes in, where you define a course so that people can get to the depth of the religion. And at the same time, it's long enough for them to do any self-reflection sure, and sure. self-reformation that they need to do before they uh, talk to other people. This is all that we will have our guest respond to. Thank, thank you, you for joining us no, today. Thank you for having and me, you are most welcome back to Jamaica. So over here, we say big up yourself. That is <laughs> well done <laughs> for you, being on Voice of Islam. Hello, dear listeners. Here is all that time will allow us on today's episode of Voice of Islam. Until we come your way next time with another interesting episode here on Voice of Islam. It is Assalamu Alaikum and our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you.